Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Well, hello, America, and welcome to Tuesday. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I uh, I hesitate to bring this to you because I know you got a lot on your plate right now. But I found something yesterday that I don't think you're going to be for. Uh, in fact, you might be really, really, really against but it's something good, and we all have to get on the train because that train is leaving the station, and it's going to exciting places. And the World Economic Forum is taking us there. Wait until you hear how COVID is being used now. The Great Reset in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, somewhere... Within the sound of my voice, there's a man having a final twirl in the office chair before walking out that door one last time. The gold watch. Yeah, he'd be getting the gold watch if anybody gave gold watches anymore. Years and decades of memories drift around him. The hard work, the pride, the integrity that went into being the best that he could be at the job. A lot of handshake deals went down in this room. And there wasn't one that he didn't hold his end up on wasn't much he just always wanted to be able to walk tall wherever he went and today he's walking out of that office tall clock on the wall he's checked it for lunchtime so many times that clock tells him now it's time to go somewhere else he's got a little party waiting for him he exits in his pair of tecovis boots it takes 200 steps handmade to make these boots and they're made from the finest leathers known to man that's the kind of integrity that's kept him walking tall yet again. Find your pair of Tecovis at tecovis.com slash Beck. Tecovis, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. Tecovis, Western goods for your frontiers. Tomorrow night, the lies, the politics, the so-called experts who distort science. Uh... We're not going to use our children as guinea pigs. The level of agita that Trump and DeVos are creating for parents and teachers are terrible. Why would a politician do that? Is the media endangering our children to score points against Trump? Glenn takes on coronavirus facts without the fear. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Hey, welcome to the uh, program. Um... Yeah, I'm going to lay some things out that you just heard um, in that promo, whereas we get ready for tomorrow's uh, big Wednesday night special. And the Wednesday night special is about the lies and the deception and the things that the press is doing just because they want to defeat Trump. And I understand why they want to defeat Trump more and more every day, because he doesn't answer to anyone except you. And that's a problem especially with what's going down in the world. Boy, we would be so we'd be in so much trouble, so much trouble. This all would have happened uh, had, uh, 
Hillary Clinton been the president of the United States? And it's going to happen uh, if uh, Joe Biden is president. I personally think we're going to have a really tough fight on our hands. But I want you to hear what is now coming out of the um, global economic forum. The global economic forum is now talking about a great reset. We're not talking about a restart. Remember that V-shaped economy? We're going to turn it off and then we're going to turn it right back on and we're going to have a V-shaped economy. Well, it's not happening and it wouldn't have ever happened. It's a ridiculous idea. So now the Economic Forum is talking about the Great Reset. And I just want to read to you um, what they've been, uh, what what they're up to. No jobs, few crops, coronavirus, and pests leave Nepal fearing hunger. How Europe can emerge stronger out of the coronavirus. Although some people have been warning us, like Bill Gates in his 2015 TED Talk, we were underprepared. Unfortunately, it often takes a tragedy to respond in a coordinated, divisive way just like my country, the Netherlands, experienced in 1953 when the dikes broke. Even when the virus was spreading in China, we didn't see it coming. Neither when it hit Asia or Italy. At that moment, we still felt reasonably safe in the rest of Europe or the U.S., but it turned out to impact all of us, and now also Latin America and Africa. And we went into lockdown to contain the spread of the virus within the capacity of our healthcare systems. We succeeded in many ways, but at a substantial economic, societal, and personal cost. A societal cost. Think of that. With the help of distancing, protection measures, testing, and tracing, we are easing lockdowns while working hard on vaccines and treatments. And then, back to January 2020, when all was, quote, still normal and good, end quote. No! exclamation point we need a great reset that should be our response to coming back better from covid19 it requires improving global multilateral cooperation aligning both the recovery of our economies and priorities of our societies for the great reset to succeed we have to change the way we do business and manage health nature the environment and societal issues at the same time isn't that what you wanted Stu? That's what you were looking for, wasn't it? Exactly. Word for word. This. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the unprecedented impact and global spread, there was little cooperation between countries. In many aspects, it was every man for himself when buying ventilators, face masks, tests and more. As healthcare for governments is a domestic issue, countries didn't explore multilateral joint approaches to the solution. Oh, my gosh. Forget Obamacare. Could we have global care? Let's hope that this wasn't a litmus test for the other cross-border crises like climate change. Only only via collaboration with uh, countries can we address such issues. The virus hit when many countries around the globe were already demonstrating nationalistic sympathies by looking for their interests first, often driven by the feeling of several who experienced or felt left out of the benefits of globalization. However, withdrawing behind the dikes is not the solution. So all of you America first people, (laughs) Uh, stop hiding behind the dike. Uh, there's nothing to fear here. Globalism is coming and it's good. Uh, 
We know that the world will spend trillions of dollars on repairing our economies from this disaster through debt relief programs. Oh, really? They're going to relieve our debt? Income support programs, fiscal stimuli, and other interventions. It would be a wasted opportunity then only to focus on a restart. As we have a fundamental issue in our society, our economy, our environment, our society, they need to be addressed as well. We should have more ambition than go back to the pre-COVID days. Part of these trillions has got to go to reset and reform our societies instead of simply restart. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that no money should be sent, spent on a restart. If we can't partly get back to normal, we won't have the income streams to make any reforms. But there are three areas that are key. First, what do you think the first one is, Stu? That's key. Come on. Come on. I mean, there's so many key uh, elements. Um, there's spending more money. No, there's only three. There's more control from the government centrally, I think, is really an important thing. Maybe higher you're taxes. So bigoted. Listen. Um, now, yeah, you're recognizing you know, you're, gender. You're, uh, inequality. Oh. Inequality. Billions of people around the world in many countries have benefited from globalization, but not all the people in all countries and not all countries either. Globalization brought prosperity and further inequality at the same moment. Due to unemployment, we risk increased inequality within countries, hitting the weakest the hardest. There's also a risk of inequality growing between countries despite much progress the developing world can be hit harder by covid19 than the developed world and later or a more limited access to vaccines would exasperate this problem for economic response we can find inspiration in the marshall plan which was developed by the united states nearly 75 years ago in the wake of world war ii not as a favor to europe but to help the continent recover after they, together with the Canadians and British, liberated Europe. We can learn from the leadership shown in that period and will create multilateralism. After all, the United Nations was founded for this. There's something similar we in the West can now do for developing countries, especially in Africa. Increase resilience, help the recovery, ensure people have an economic future. We must invest now. These investments, not aid, should be directed towards increasing self-sufficiency through improved food systems, blah, blah, blah. The second is climate change. We should be careful we don't postpone the actions to combat climate change. Unlike COVID-19, we can't say in a few years that we didn't see climate change coming. <laughs> the Paris Treaty has demonstrated that at least we were aware. This critical question now is how we can take more, faster action with more emphasis on sustainability and circularity. What the hell is circulator? Then the third one, and you're going to love this one. A change in capitalism. What? The focus should shift from short-term and profit only to longer-term, incorporating value creation for people and the planet, moving from shareholder value to stakeholder value. <laughs> With the economy in a recession, it is tempting to look to short-term profits by declaring cash is king and postponing investments. That applies to both countries and companies. However, it would be wise if countries would spend on rebuilding 
rebuilding the economy and investing in new technologies to stimulate the fourth industrial revolution, investing in a better future. Long-term investments are needed from companies, too, and it requires leadership and guts as there will be many temptations to focus on the short term. Our longer-term economic strategy should remain anchored in addressing the sustainable development goals. Oh, that's Agenda 21. And we should not lose sight of those. Oh, man, this is great. So what we're going to do is instead of just going back and getting back into you know work and doing the things that we do best... No, no, no. Now we're going to have a global governance that wants to take care of these three things. They're going to take care of, of you know, uh, inequality, making sure everybody is equal. Uh, then they're going to take care of climate change and reinvent capitalism. This is fantastic. This meeting happens January 2021. And they are already working on the plans uh, on what they're going to do and wait until you hear who's there because everybody's there. No, oh, Donald Trump's not there, but everybody else is there. The world is moving on without us, gang. I say, uh, bye bye. Have fun storming the castle. I'm not going with you. More on this in 60 seconds. Pretty much everybody these days is on a cell phone with a plan. These plans are frequently expensive, and a lot of times some of the money you're spending goes to support leftist causes like, you know, abortion or uh, the 1619 Project. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, every time I was on the cell phone, I could destroy my children and their future. Patriot Mobile begs to differ with that model. They share your values, unlike a lot of the big carriers. They don't donate money to leftist causes like Planned Parenthood. In fact, they donate a portion of their profits to conservative causes. And you're going to get a reasonable price. With Patriot Mobile, you're going to get the same reliable nationwide service because everybody's on the same towers now. And while you're also supporting a country, a company that actually loves the country and doesn't want to fundamentally overhaul it, a company that supports our constitution and puts people before profits switching is really super easy and you can keep your phone number and bring your old phone along or get a new one right now when you join their family of freedom loving americans you can get free activation plus a free gift with the offer code back call 972 patriot that's 972 patriot plans start at 25 bucks 972 patriot 972 patriot or just go to patriotmobile.com slash back 10 seconds station id <sighs> okay so we have uh jason on with us jason is our head researcher um and uh, head writer uh, and we were talking about this this lovely project uh, that he uh, he uh, uh, unearthed yesterday. Jason, give me more of the details of this economic forum that you that you know now. You know the World Economic Forum. I, I always pay attention to him because some of the craziest stuff comes out of there. Uh, he talked. You just talked about the uh, fourth industrial revolution. They're actually one of the only ones that are talking about that. And you've talked about that a little bit yourself, Glenn about how there's going to be massive job loss once all this, you know, the technology mm -hmm. revolution comes in. 
and they're some of the only people that are talking about it. But the problem is when you talk about it and when they talk about it, there's two completely different motives. Uh, for instance, in this mm-hmm. great reset, they mentioned the uh, the fourth industrial revolution because part of their plan is to digitize everything, to get more government and private corporation control linked together. And when you hear that, it's things that we've been talking about over the past couple months. Uh, you know, when we talked about Event Two Hundred One, uh, and that was like their war game for you know a virus, and they used the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And like a month later, the coronavirus hit. That was completely separate from each other. But the point is they were game planning these things because they want to fundamentally change econo- the economic, global economic governance. They want to completely change it. They want more government control over private corporations. And um, I think it's, I not, it's heard- not just it, it. It's not being presented as control. It's being presented as uh, um, a partnership. A public-private right. partnership, which is the definition of fascism. Right, right. And when you hear, the, especially when you hear their leader, Klaus Schwab, talk about it, if you're not really paying attention, if you're just listening to the bullet points, you don't hear all the little things. But I've been reading through their in-depth reports, and even those aren't really in-depth because they're leaving out the ultimate, ah, we're taking control. They leave that part out of it. But you, when you read between the lines, this stuff sounds incredibly scary. So when I first heard him talk about this... What piqued my interest and got me looking into it more is he goes, this might be too idealistic, but we have to try. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. And he goes in. (laughs) That's always like a warning spot. Usually, let's take a step back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, We may have to kill a few people to get it done, (laughs) but that's okay. He, he talks. He goes into more in depth on how they're going to do this. So the first step is they talk about redefining the social contract. Now, they specifically slam, I thought this was interesting, Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. And they said, you know what? Mm. The time of self-reliance is over. Big government is back. Actually, I don't think they said big, but they said government is back. They, were ta- they talk about less self-reliance, more government, global government control. They actually said government is back. Reagan and Thatcher are of the past. Okay, they go on. They talk about the green economy. Now, when you when you make fun of people like uh, AOC, it's easy to make fun of her because she's got a doorknob where, where her brain should be. But there's people behind <laughs> her that are pushing this. It's very, very obvious. There's, there's actual influential people that are behind this. The green economy is something they're really pushing. Um, cow farts are not just funny. These are the things they're using to push this global, you know, c- uh, corporate control. Um mm-hmm. Again, they talked about digitizing everything. They want everything digital. They want all all records digitized. Everything digital. Modifying capitalism was the, the shareholder to stakeholder economy. It, it, that's kind of hard to understand. But what from what I've seen is they're looking at a model of capitalism where the industry focuses on social good and not just corporate good. Again, that's yeah, kind well, of hard. This, to, uh, the no, no, no. It's it's really not. Um, I like to call their capitalism uh, communism uh, <laughs> or fascism because what it is is they, they say don't concentrate on the shareholders, the stakeholders. Well, who are the stakeholders? The stakeholders are the people who work there, uh, you know, and the the people in the community. Those are the stakeholders. So there is no real. 
uh, private property as we as we know it. There are no private businesses as we know it. And it'll be great because, <laughs> well, gosh darn it, you're going to be able to uh, you're going to be able to not worry about your business or your bills anymore. I mean, this is this is why they have taken out all of the entrepreneurs. Uh, and quite honestly, if you took the PPP, I completely understand. But one of my fears on the PPP was it's going to enslave you to the government. Somehow or another, they're going to use that to say, well, now we were there for you. Uh, I mean, you don't have to pay it back, but gosh darn it. I mean, you really should abide by these kinds of things. I'm a little concerned about the the PPP, and I'm, I'm wildly concerned if the Democrats get in. This is what we saw in Ukraine is just the tip of the iceberg on this. This is a global effort, which is why it was a global effort to impeach Donald Trump. Donald Trump, I believe, is the only guy in the world that is going to stand up against this. That's why he has to get out of, of, of Washington. They won't take it any other way. Yeah, absolutely agree. And one of the the people at the center, one of the people at the direct center of getting rid of Donald Trump and a lot of the deep state action was Susan Rice. And lo and behold, that's one of the first uh, things that I read this morning was that Susan Rice was at the very top for the vice president pick. All these people that is. were involved right back into government. And that what they hope yep. is in a few months. Yes. Yes. Well, Bill Barr might change that. He's going to testify today, and apparently he's going to have some rocking things to say. And Jason will have you back uh, an hour three to cover that with us as well to provide commentary. Coming up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, summer's here. We're all just trying to look our best as the masks slowly come off. If you've been struggling with your jawline, maybe you have a, a bit of the old turkey neck you've been trying to get uh, get rid of. Now might just be the perfect time for you. The GenuCell Summer Blowout Sale is going on right now when you order the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and the jawline treatment. Chamonix is going to double your supply of both products for free. If your jawline could, you know, I don't know, maybe use a little bit of tender loving care. Look no further. Chamonix has got you covered. Results are guaranteed, so you don't have to worry about this. It's 100% money back. If you don't like it, you get your money back. It's that easy. Order GenuCell now, and for a limited time, not only will Chamonix double your order for free, but you'll also get the GenuCell immediate effects absolutely free as well. It's an amazing deal you're not going to want to miss out on. Uh, get your uh, double order free, plus a surprise luxury gift. Mm. All orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping as well. They're loading on. Don't wait another minute. Visit GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. GenuCell.com. Order now. It's Chamonix. Hey, we're going to Portland here in just a second. And don't forget, use the promo code Glenn for $10 off your subscription at blazetv.com slash Glenn. (laughs) 
So what's happening in Portland? Well, if you listen to the media, they say it's just a bunch of us yahoos that are uh, conservative that are hyping this. One man who lives downtown in Portland says that his neighborhood has essentially been turned into a war zone. His name is Gabriel Johnson. He's lived in Essex House Apartments in downtown Portland for seven years. He said, I've loved it until now. But I compare it to a war zone and people will take that and say, he's exaggerating. But Johnson said, no, I'm not. The sounds of fireworks and flashbangs are overwhelming. The tear gas is really bad. He said, I know what a war zone is like because I um, am a military veteran. I've been to war zones. Portland is a war zone. Elijah Schaefer is there. He is the uh, Blaze TV host of Slightly Offensive. And you're really only offensive if you buy into the new politics, uh, which means, oh, you will be liquidated, Elijah. Uh, welcome to the uh, program. You were, you were in Portland. You're in D.C. now. Welcome. Thank you so much, Glenn, for having me on. Sure. Okay, so tell me, give me some evidence that the press is is not covering the things that are true uh, and that it's not just, you know, right wing media that is making this up. Yeah, well, what's really interesting is there's three really important facts about how disinformation is being uh, transferred about this event. And it, and it goes like this. Uh, Antifa and other far left extremist groups have approved lists of press that's considered uh, a anti-fascist friendly. Those press members oftentimes, instead of marking themselves as press, write their names on their vest, including one individual named Omar. Uh, that allows the, the anti-fascist uh, Antifa and BLM protesters to clearly uh, know, okay, that is a, a journalist that is not going to necessarily show things that he can They have this thing that's really interesting and they shock people. Antifa has an entire fake press department, which we can get into in a moment. And number three, uh, the mainstream media happens to only be conveniently present uh, when the protests are peaceful. And even when the riots begin, if they're there, it almost looks like the cameras only roll uh, in the direction of the aggression of the feds, not showing the altercations that lead up to their aggression. Okay, so who are the press? Do you know who the press is that is approved by Antifa? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dox people uh, by name, but you know, they have like Shield, PDX, uh, they have Nazi Watch, they have a lot of different accounts on Twitter. Pretty much all of this runs through Twitter and a few different websites um, online, and. You know, they have these people, they, they, they appear to be press. I mean, these people have upwards of 134,000, 135,000 followers. They get retweeted, reposted by New York Times, Washington Post. Uh, but they're openly sympathetic to, to Antifa. Um, I mean, it's to the point where, where I can't even reveal myself to them because I'm confident that those people will reveal my identity back to Antifa. And that's so weird. I mean, why, why would you not put... Why would you put either press on your badge if you want people to know your press, or you would put nothing if you want to stay incognito? But why would you put your name uh, on your vest, like your actual last name, for any other reason? Mm. The fact that, okay, that's that person, 
we know they're okay. We won't attack them because they're on our team. Okay, so they have now a press room or a, a, a what did you call it? Yeah, so I call it the Faith and Tifa Press Corps. Um, so what they've done, uh, there was a court order. This is really, really tricky. It shows you how manipulative the media really uh, has become. What they do is they use things uh, like they, for instance, um, have this thing called the Wall of Moms, uh, where they have all these moms. Uh, they have moms coming together and and, uh, and they uh, block the protesters or rioters from the feds. Now, what's really interesting is with that, people say, well, yeah, it's a wall of moms. These are just good people. Well, I don't know what mom with children is able to be up at two in the morning throwing tear gas canisters back at federal agents and doesn't, isn't busy taking mm. care of their kids. Um, but, you know, we just have a single mom, so they're just kind of sometimes some nasty people. They also bring in dads with leaf blowers. Now they have veterans. They're always looking for these... Um, token people to take the hits so that the press makes it look like like DHS agents aren't targeting who's, who's really doing the damage, which are Antifa, which are BLM extremists. But most importantly now, ever since a court order was passed with, for legal observers and press immunity, meaning that the DHS cannot fire upon or arrest or interfere with press, they are now marking themselves, Antifa are marking themselves as press, they will even openly admit it when you confront them. They are marking themselves sloppily as journalists, which no one does on the field. And they stand in front of rioters to, so that, that DHS cannot fire shots at them while they hurl fireworks and flashbangs and Molotov cocktails. And most importantly, they'll get into a mob um, and they'll, go, they'll start screaming at the DHS, we're press. First Amendment immunity, and they rush them, and then, then the DHS starts throwing flashbangs and shooting at them. And then what does the press say? DHS fires upon the press, but they're not the press. They are anti-fascist BLM extremists, otherwise known as Antifa, faking his press, putting all of us real press in danger and manipulating the media who are lazily not doing their job and identifying these people as who they are. They're Antifa. Is there, are they even holding up the pretense anymore that this is about Black Lives Matter? <laughs> that is a good <laughs> question, Glenn. Um, I'll tell you what. I don't, know, I don't know how much Black Lives Matter to them considering that they stabbed a black Trump supporter. I saw, I was there. And a white, uh, a white uh, Antifa, uh, black bloc, has been convicted on child uh, inappropriate images owning inappropriate images of children I'll put it that for the radio listeners um, stabbed a black Trump supporter and I've watched a black Trump I've watched another black man get uh, jumped there and beat I've seen I've seen white Antifa uh, there's some black people that I've seen there telling people this is not how to do it but they're not their voices don't matter and I've what I've seen that all black lives matter rallies and uh, <laughs> different riots is that the only black lives that matter are the black people who they can put in the front to justify their uh, crimes against humanity, their crimes against the federal government, their crimes uh, essentially and their chaos. Um, and so, no, it is not about black lives. How is throwing paint on federal officers 
throwing uh, last night for the first time we saw IEDs, actual not Molotov cocktails, but bombs. They are, they're putting, they have improvised explosive devices like in war. They are escalating this. There is a complete organization. And I will, I'll tell you this. I don't know who's behind this. People say Soros. People say it's Ted Wheeler, maybe city council. But there's collusion at the highest level. There was a flash protest that met in Alberta Park that garnered between six to 10,000 people. And Glenn, when we went to go march back from North Portland into the main city, the main bridge to get into the city, because if people don't know, there's a large river. There's conveniently no cars in the area. There were no cars on the bridge, but there were no police presence. And there was no, there was nobody around blocking traffic. Somehow, in a highly, highly populated, dense city like Portland, on one of the major bridges, which includes a railway and two-way traffic, six to 10,000 people in a random protest that I barely found out a couple hours before it happened, were able to track over a river without any traffic or interference. There is collusion from the highest levels in the city down to individuals to stage events that I'm confident are continuing to force Trump's hand to put federal agents further and further outside of the courthouse as they restrict police from getting involved and they make allocations to allow more and more protesters and rioters to get in so that Trump's DHS officers are forced to push large crowds further and further away from the building so that they can call him a fascist. And this is a political move and Ted Wheeler the mayor is using his citizens as cannon fodder and he's manipulating them, knowing their political leaning, as victims, or I should say, as token victims for the media. And it is so sad to see a mayor abuse his power and not keep his citizens safe in order to... But they hate him. ...to make a president look bad. They, they oh, hate him. <laughs> they want to kill. They want him dead. They talk about killing him, and they regularly chant uh, very aggressive things that i cannot mention here but he that's why he but he doesn't care like he is (laughs) i am this is not speculation i have watched day after day as the portland police get less and less power and jurisdiction and that forces federal agents to move further and further i mean within five seconds i counted 12 projectiles that landed upon two dhs agents behind fences glenn i'm a man you're a man. I, I don't have kids, but you do, and many of your listeners do. And I will be completely honest. If you're a man, even if you're under federal orders, you will not sit by and put your life in jeopardy while extremists and terrorists attack you. It's not about federal property at a certain point in the night. It becomes about men and women protecting their life from death and from harm. And when people are throwing explosives, when people are throwing hard objects and knives uh, at you, you are not going to just sit around and they have to come out of the courthouse. It becomes a moment of desperation for their own livelihood, for their own ability to make it to the next day. And as they go out into the street, sometimes after 12 warnings, conveniently, what happens, Glenn? I catch footage of a woman getting arrested. But what does the New York Post, after all of this happens, after a Molotov cocktail, after explosives happen, and they have to come out and make arrests, What do they post from all of my footage from the night? It's one selectively edited clip of a woman saying, I cannot breathe. Please, you're hurting me, getting arrested, with a title that says, federal agents put knee on 
the back of a protester arresting her, screaming, I can't breathe. It is a disinformation, manipulation campaign between the media, the fake media, the rioters, and the government. And one, one of the organizers from the event screamed this, and I'll end with this. He screamed out, and Daily Caller got my back to confirm this. He said, he screams at DHS. This is a propaganda game, and we're winning. And it is a propaganda game, and I'm telling you what, unfortunately, they are winning. All right. um, Hang on just a second, because I want to come back and just have you answer one question. A lot of people think that this is going away after the election or that if Biden wins, it will go away. I think this has just begun. It's going to be worse in November and worse in December and, and January and March, especially if Joe Biden wins. But I'd like to get your opinion on that. We'll go uh, go back to Elijah Schaefer here in just a minute. You can find him at uh, blazetv.com and all of his stuff on The Blaze. All right. Um, Wayne lives in Kansas, rugby player, there for 20 years. Didn't even know, you know, they played rugby in in Kansas, but you know, I'm not up on these things. But Wayne began to experience pain in both his back and his kicking foot. And it started out only as little at first, but gradually got worse, more frequent. And at that point, he thought, I'm never going to feel normal again. Well, Thankfully, that's when Wayne discovered Relief Factor. Literally within days of starting to take it, Wayne felt the pain begin to recede. It was eventually gone. Now, a week or so later, the pain in his foot went away. Amazingly, he's able to get his you know life back. He's back on the field just like in the old days. He has his life back. I got my life back. Will you just try this? because you may get your life back as well. Relief Factor, not a drug, but developed by doctors, and 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more because it works for them. The trial pack is $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-583-84. That's relieffactor.com, 800-583-84, relieffactor.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ah, yes, the time of having a cocktail hour and a real man in a real martini are over. Now we need gas masks and uh, we live in war zones. I, I have um, Elijah Schaefer on with us. And, and Elijah, there are people that actually think that this is going to go away soon. I think they are trying to make us into uh, Israel. And they are making a global, um, uh, a global uh, in, intifada. And I don't think this is going away, no matter who is elected. Would you agree or disagree? I would, I would have to say that I absolutely agree. I think that people who are manipulative in power, once you find uh, people who you can manipulate and you can use to your political advantage... I think that mm-hmm. those people remain a useful asset, and especially, and, and this is an unfortunate statement, especially when those people are willing to commit acts of terrorism and use violence in the name of whatever cause you can manipulate them to fight for. I think that those people are an asset uh, unlike any other, and, and sadly to say, the citizens of Portland, often very much ignorant due to local echo chambers and extremism they learned in universities in the Pacific Northwest, are exactly those people. 
Well, I will tell you this, and we've only got about 40 seconds here, but uh, this is exactly what happened in um, in Germany with the brown shirts. And eventually the brown shirts weren't afraid of the the Nazi party, thought they were the real power. Uh, and uh, Hitler had to kill all of them. He used them and then he killed all of them. Uh, do you think the Democrats, they believe they can control them? Do you think that they can control these people? Absolutely. With Jerry Nadler uh, saying the other day um, to a commentator, Austin Fletcher, that Antifa is a myth. But in fact, the resurgence or even the first emergence of Antifa was at the J20 protests in D.C. Uh, back around Trump's inauguration. When this can all happen mm. and they deny their existence. Yes. It's amazing. They, they can deny them today. They can deny them in the future. All right. Thank you so much. Elijah, please stay safe and uh, keep up the good work. Elijah Schaefer, you can follow him at Elijah Schaefer uh, on Twitter or find him at The Blaze. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talk about my Tacovas boots and how much I love them and what a great company they come from. It's a small business that's doing things the right way down here in Texas. Well, given the challenges that we're going through as a country, Tacovas has asked me to speak about something else that comes to mind every time I put on my Tacovas boots. The cowboy. Now, you know, I'm not a working cowboy, but I know some of those guys. And not being one of them, I wouldn't pretend to be. But what I see in them, I see in other people, too. Because in many ways... Cowboy is just a mindset, an uncompromising can-do attitude, a willingness to help even when it's really hard. And most of all, the cowboy knows that the good guys always win in the end. So as you begin the hard work of bootstrapping this country and economy back into shape, Tecovis has the boots you need. Find your pair at tecovis.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck, tecovis.com slash Beck. And what do you say? Let's all be cowboys. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Rough Greens. Um, you know, my dog, my uh, my son has been saying that um, any dog under fifty pounds is a cat. Hey, uh, now I have hmm? I have pugs. Luckily, they're very fat, uh, so they're they probably clear fifty. Doubt it. Doubt it. And and Pat's dog definitely. Oh no, he's a snack. No. Yeah. <laughs> totally. that thing is that thing is yeah that's crazy that's a cat uh anyway but uh rough greens is for your dog uh it's not a dog food it's something that i think your dog is going to absolutely love and uh it is uh something that i think your uh uh, your dog is going to um, take to immediately and then not want to ever stop eating it i mean if i think if we had this like a little gerbil thing where the food just kept coming down and the and the rough greens were on top of it he wouldn't ever leave his bowl he loves it it has changed his life he is much healthier try it for your dog or your dog under 50 pounds which is technically a cat uh you can do it now at roughgreens.com that's roughgreens.com slash back <laughs> excuse me Oh, boy. I could be dead by the weekend. What you're about to hear 
is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, a phrase that changed my life was from Thomas Jefferson, and uh, it was... It was on the most controversial thing of his day. Uh, If you wanted to question religion, it would be like questioning Black Lives Matter or social justice today. Literally, you would be blacklisted just like you are now. Well, he said, when it comes to religion above all things, fix reason firmly in her seat and question Uh, with boldness even the very existence of God for if there be a God he must surely rather honest questioning over blindfolded fear the thing we don't have now is bold people who are willing to ask honest questions not people who are trying to win the argument for one side or the other just give me the facts as you understand them So today, I've been so perplexed by this mask thing because you're either getting, you're either wearing a Nazi mask to prove the point that this is taking all of our control away, or you're pepper spraying people for not wearing a mask. Can can we can we please just can we just calm down just a little bit and talk about the pros and the cons of the mask and then what's making us feel this way? This has been the hardest thing. I wanted to do this show last week just as a, you know, a quick toss away just to give you the stats on the mask. Finding people that would be willing to go on the air and say what they really believe about masks, both kind of pro and kind of con, uh, was almost impossible. Almost impossible. Doctors are afraid to speak out one way or another. Uh, This isn't helpful if we all want to be well. The next 30 minutes, you'll hear both sides of the mask controversy. And you decide in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. All right. Uh, Let me tell you about uh, rough greens. Uh, If you love your dog, uh, I'm sorry. Simply safe. Simply safe. Okay. Thank you, Sarah. Simply safe. Uh, this one is really, really important, especially now as things get crazier and crazier. They are now starting to have a real community watch uh, program and neighborhood watch programs in Minnesota because the cops aren't coming anymore. Uh, I read a story in Detroit. People said, uh, African-Americans said, I don't know if I should call the cops because if something happens and I call the cops, then everybody in the neighborhood, it starts to become a big deal. And uh, there's a riot in front of my house. People don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. You need to protect yourself. You need to make sure that your house has an alarm system. Other people think they deserve what you have. Um, Quite honestly, We've just lost everything of real value here anyway. But if you want to make sure that your family is protected, 
um, I want you to go to Simply Safe. It makes it easy and affordable to have the best home security on the market. State of the art equipment, around the clock monitoring will make Simply Safe the first name in the business. When you pair how simple it is to set up with the fact that you're going to pay 50 cents a day for the monitoring, you have a no brainer. And they will get the police to your house faster than all of the other security systems. I want you to head over to simplysafebeck.com, simplysafebeck.com. Get a free HD security cha- uh, camera. It's simplysafebeck.com. Make sure you let them know that I sent you and you're a member of this audience. They'll treat you right. simplysafebeck.com. So, uh, my family has had the coronavirus, and I think I'm uh, starting to get hit with it uh, today because um, uh, I just am feeling under the weather. I'm going to ask Stu to kind of help and st- stand in a little bit. We have a very big special tomorrow. One of the experts that is joining us said that she is so afraid to say anything, and we're not asking her to say something controversial or anything. She's just so afraid that she will lose her license because she'll say the things that she believes. This is insanity. Insanity. My doctor uh, wrote me a prescription uh, for hydrochloroquine and uh, or hydroxychloroquine and, and a couple of other things for covid, which we have in the family. He said he was worried about losing his license. What is happening to us? This is insanity. Now, we have Dr. Scott Jansen, uh, Jensen on the phone. He is from Minnesota. He's a state senator up there. Um, and I don't want to talk about politics on any of this. I just want to hear about the facts about wearing a mask. There is no reason we are killing each other over wearing of a mask. It either works or it doesn't. So, Dr. Scott Jensen is on with us uh, now. Hello, doctor. How are you? Good, Glenn, and thank you for having me on. Sure. Uh, so, we have some another doctor who is probably going to disagree with you uh, uh, on next, but I want you to build the case of why people should or should not wear a mask. What, what is happening here? What's the science say? Well, Glenn, let me take one step back and make certain that I do a disclaimer and say that I am not a material science engineer and I'm mm-hmm. trying to provide reckless advice and I'm not trying to spread misinformation because I've been investigated by the mortar medical practice because I was willing to compare COVID-19 and influenza and that was reckless advice and I was willing to discuss how we do death certificates and that was spreading misinformation. But the good news is I learned late yesterday afternoon that the Board of Medical Practice in Minnesota has dismissed those charges and so they're gone and I'm very grateful good for, you. for that. But I understand that you want to talk. And I think that if we would have talked about this a couple months ago, we might have said, well, there's the science of masks and there's the emotions of masks. But unfortunately, there's something in between, because I would have thought that the science of masks would have to do with the physics of masks. And so I did a video about a month or so ago where I talked about the pore size of a cotton mask or a surgical mask. And if you have a triple ply mask and the pore size will end up being effectively five microns and five microns uh, to a COVID-19 virus particle is 50 times larger. And that's approximately the same differential between the two inch 
uh, separation between the wires on a chain link fence and a gnat. So if you have 50 gnats, they could squeeze into a, a chain link fence and you could have 50 COVID-19 viral particles squeezed into that five micron pore. So I thought well, that would sort of lay out the science, but it's not because now what we're saying, well, if we have some collision of COVID-19 viral particles with the lattice work of any mask, wouldn't that be a good thing? And I think that's intuitive that if you're breathing out or breathing in and viral particles collide with the actual lattice work of a mask, I think intuitively, yes, I think we could reduce the amount of viral particles that's going back and forth. On June 12th, Dr. Mike Osterholm uh, put out a video on masks and he was very clear that he thought they had very little effect and the damaging effect might be that people would lull themselves into thinking that they're protected when in fact they're not. I did a right. video the other day on Target and I watched this little kid pick his nose, rub his eyes, and then stick his fingers in his mouth. And then he was taking his mask off and his parents were giving him a hassle. And I thought, this is nuts. So I really don't think, Glenn, that we're going to be able to walk this back. The science of masks will not be the determining factor. I think the emotion and the desperation and the deep-seated desire to do something, anything, to make sure we're not killing grandma has taken over the discussion. So uh, let's just talk about different kinds of masks. N95 masks, are they the best? Well, that's an, that's an excellent question. The governor of Minnesota put out an edict on last Thursday that masks were mandatory in public places inside and and that took place Saturday, three days ago. In it, the executive order actually identifies that the N95 mask with an exhaust valve on the front of it is not an acceptable mask. And many N95 masks have that exhaust valve. And all that means is that you are going to filter the air that you breathe in, but the air that you breathe out is not filtered at all. It just blows right on through. So that kind mm. of N95 sort of takes care of the wearer but not the other. And that is a pretty good so, mask because that that filters uh, mic, uh, 0.3 micron particles. And so that's pretty effective. But the other two masks don't have anywhere near that capacity. Well, the, the, the problem is, is that we you don't see anybody with an N95 mask. What you're seeing now are these masks that people are making themselves out of cotton. And uh, that I mean, that's nowhere near an N95 mask. Nowhere near at all. It's, I mean, the gaps at the top underneath your eyes. Actually, I had a patient in the other day wearing an N95 mask, and the poor guy didn't realize that you're supposed to put the upper margin of the N95 mask underneath your eyeglasses. He had it resting on top of his actual lenses. He had great big chasms where viral particles would flow. People need to remember, airflow goes where there's least resistance. So if there's an opening, that's where all the airflow is going to go. I mean, we know that from physics. But it was interesting, Glenn. I, my first three patients today, one had uh, emphysema, the other one had congestive heart failure, and the next one had emphysema. And every one of them complained bitterly about the shortness of breath they're having with their mask. So I think that what we're going to see is we've got this movement right now that masks are something that we can do, that we can take an action. Fair enough. Okay. But we are going to see unintended consequences. We are going to see the risk of what happens when you breathe in and out your own viral particles, your own bacteria, that normally you would exhale and they would be gone from you. Now you're sort of keeping them in this cup. And then to get to your point about this kerchiefs and the things people are wearing, 
they've become increasingly liberalized in the sense that they wouldn't even be called a mask. I mean, it's a scarf, and a lot of people pull it up and pull it down. Their nose is always sticking mm-hmm. out. Now become a badge, like you said. If you don't wear it, you know maybe you'll get pepper sprayed. If you do wear it, you're complying with the state edict. Uh, the you you talked about the people that are in your uh, practice that came in. There is a, a sign that we saw. Do we have a picture of this sign that we saw of a place a restaurant that said, um, even if you have a disability, you have to wear a mask um, here. Well, I mean, if you do have problems, I mean, I wouldn't go there. I mean, the the obvious answer is don't go there. But if more and more people have this, a disability of being able to breathe or not breathe because of a mask, if this becomes an edict or spreads, that's really bad for some people, is it not? You're absolutely right, Glenn. It's terrible. I'm looking at this one patient's chart in her late 70s. Congestive heart failure. She goes out probably once a month to try to get groceries. She tries to wear a mask. When I walked in to see her in the office, her blood pressure was 190 over 70. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Blood pressure. She didn't know. She said, I just don't breathe very well with this mask. I said, well, take the mask off. I needed to have her take the mask off anyway because I wanted to examine her throat, her pharynx, and her nose, and this kind of thing. Anyway, 10 minutes later, I took her blood pressure. It was down to 158 over 60. This is happening all the time. This is what we do when we overreact and do these knee-jerk reflexes and take this cookie-cutter approach. We're always compelled to find down the road the unintended consequences. I think Dr. Robert Redfield from CDC came out within the last few days and acknowledged that the postulate increase in drug overdoses and suicides is no longer postulated. It is now a fact. They are seeing the data at the CDC. Well, I've been telling people, this is happening. There is more than just the COVID-19. We had another case, uh, an article just came out, where some cardiologists are seeing 40% less heart attacks and strokes than what they've been seeing over the trailing three-year average. Well, what is the likelihood that we would have a drop in 2020 of 40%? It's, it's extremely small. What it probably means is that these cases of, if you will, stroke, heart attack, congestive heart failure, they're not coming in or they're being misdiagnosed as COVID-19 deaths or COVID-19 discharge summaries. There are unintended consequences which will not stop. Now, having said that, Glenn, I don't think this is a sword I want to die on. I mean, there's so much more that we need to understand. And as a policymaker in the Senate, I want us to talk about how damaging lockdowns are and how important it is to get kids back in school. And I'm afraid that the question is sucking the oxygen out of the room. Yeah, I just can't take the fact that we're just beating each other over the head over this mask thing. We just had to take the politics out of it and then and deal with the science on it. Doctor, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, everything you're doing and and being willing to speak out. Dr. Scott Johnson, Uh, we go to Dr. George Rutherford in just a second. He's kind of on the other side. Not really. I mean, I I don't think uh, Dr. Jensen was against masks. He just says, let's let's look at this rationally. Uh, So we're 
We're going to go to uh, Dr. Rutherford here in just a second. Stand by. First, let me tell you about Raycon. You know, some days I just get up and I just want to run, baby. You know, I just get on that treadmill. Uh, just, you know, I've got to work. Mm-hmm. I, you don't get a body like this without working. What? Uh, you, you, what? I don't think you're speaking the words you want to speak right now. Okay. Yeah, well, that's what they told me to say. So, okay, <laughs> okay, good. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. It, it, look, I, I work hard on my body, and it's not easy to eat the amounts of ice cream that I eat. Uh, running on the treadmill, sure, it's what the cool kids are doing. But uh, you know, if you're doing anything from running to eating a you know a gallon of ice cream uh, in a sitting, well, maybe half gallon. Yeah, half gallon. Um, it might make sense to pop a pair of earbuds into your ears. Uh, and if you do that, you want to give uh, Raycon earbuds a try. Raycon's newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, what I wear, uh, they are the best earbuds that Raycon has put out yet. Six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, more compact design, gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. They don't fall out. They don't hurt your ears. And they're half the price of the Apple AirPods. Uh, so what I want you to do is I want you to go and look at buyraycon.com slash Beck. If you're looking for a pair of great headphones that are wireless and Bluetooth and uh, not going to hurt your ears, you're not going to have them falling out of your ears, and they're not going to cost you a fortune, you'll get 15% off your order now at buyraycon.com slash Beck. That's buyraycon.com slash Beck. Go there now. 10 seconds, station ID. So we go to uh, Dr. Uh, um, hang on just a second. We go to Dr. George Rutherford. Um, he is an epidemiology professor at uh, UCSF, and we welcome him to the program. I want to put all politics aside and just talk about the science of masks. And if if an N95 mask is the right one to wear, does it make it does it make a difference if you're making your own mask? Why should we wear masks, Doc? Hi, thanks for having me on. And I hadn't realized you're a comedian. I'm still laughing about the body. I have to work to get a body like this. I mean, you can steal your line if I may. Yes, you may. I mean, I, I have tears running down my face right now. But uh, um, um, so, uh, masks are uh, masks are very important. Um, they're basically what's going to get us out out to the other side of this to, to where we can get vaccine. Um, are they more effective than, than having everybody stay in their house forever? No, but we can't do that, right? That's not a viable right. option. So, right. you know, let's so let's talk about the benefits of, of masks. So there's a large science behind this. Um, uh, there is, uh, I think, some of the most compelling stuff is from outbreaks that have or haven't happened. Um, and we can get into all the engineering and, you know, sort of the fancy kind of photography and filtering and all those sorts of things. But there are uh, there are at least a couple of things I think that are, are worthwhile bringing out that your uh, listeners may not have heard of. Uh, one is right after um, Springfield, uh, Missouri reopened. This is in um, in June, late May, early June. Um, and and I apologize for those who are in the know because I'm going to sound like my mother talking about hairdressers and beauty parlors. Oh. <laughs> there were there are two um, two hairdressers, uh, both of whom are symptomatic. Um, who worked nine shifts 
and uh, uh, in a beauty parlor and uh, had 139 clients. Um, the beauty parlor uh, uh, required uh, customers to wear masks and required the um, uh, the hairdressers to wear uh, to wear masks. Um, so, 139 people. The both uh, both uh, um, hairdressers were symptomatic. They had masks on. The customers had masks on. There were zero transmissions. Um, another is. Uh, I think it's it's uh, one of the other things that I think that's emerging about masks, aside from their ability to stop transmission, is that if cases do occur, people are getting infected. And this is still a bit hypothetical, but I'll give you some of the evidence for it. People are getting uh, infected with lower doses and having less severe uh, disease. There was an outbreak in um, a seafood package uh, packing plant in Newport, Oregon, um, where people were wearing uh, wearing masks. Uh, and 95% of the people who became infected uh, were asymptomatic, had no symptoms, meaning that they probably, which probably is a consequence of having a lower dose. Similarly, if you compare okay, so the cruise, cruise ship things, you know, when people have masks on, they're more likely to, they're less likely right. to develop symptomatic disease. Okay, so, so l- let me take a break. I have to, I have to. I have to take a quick break because I have a network uh, break I have to take. But then when we come back, I want to ask you then about which masks and is it just a feel-good thing to make your own mask and and wear it um and why we are so divided on this we'll come back in just a minute this is the glenn beck program Okay, my pillow. I, I I want to talk to you about what Mike Lindell is rolling out again. His mattress uh, topper. If you've ever used my pillow or any other of his fantastic products, uh, you're going to be able to uh, you're going to be able to really change the way you sleep. Especially if you have a mattress that's really uncomfortable. And I know mattresses are expensive. Before you get a new mattress, try the new mattress topper instead from MyPillow.com. Your night sleep should change, and if it doesn't, it's got a 60 day money back guarantee. So you'll be able to get your money back if it doesn't work and then you go out and buy a, a new mattress but it's made with three layers that provide superior support evenly uh, distribute the uh, body weight and it also regulates the temperature throughout the night four corner straps hold the topper in place it, uh, is, it has a cover it's soft as silk fiber that zips right off so it's completely machine washable and dryable and now you get 30% off the all new MyPillow mattress topper plus you'll get two standard MyPillows in one great bundle just just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, use the promo code Beck, receive the incredible offer now at MyPillow.com, promo code Beck. Don't forget to vote for the Radio Hall of Fame. Glenn Beck is in the running. RadioVote.com, RadioVote.com. Oh, yes. We have to stop pretending that uh, politics is religion and we're fighting over nonsense. I personally wear a mask when I go out. I don't know if it's all that effective, but I do wear it when I go out. Uh, I just I think it's uh, courteous. 
uh, to wear one. And if it will help, you know, just if it will help one person, well, then I've done my job. Um, I, I don't know how effective it is. And that's why we are having a conversation between a couple of doctors uh, today. And we're going to about to add, uh, join a third that uh, is talking about masks, whether or not they're effective in the way we're doing it. N95 masks make sense to me. Um, they made sense to me when they were telling us that masks don't make a difference. I saw that as a way for everybody to stop buying masks so you could get enough at the hospital because it seemed to work at the hospital. Um, but uh, the masks that, for instance, that I wear, that my wife has made and so many people are making, is this just um, the uh, kind of a, the last hurrah of masks? Does it do anything? We're talking to, uh, uh, we're talking to Dr. George Rutherford, epidemiology professor at UCSF. Do those handmade cotton masks make any difference or a scarf around your face? Yeah, as long as you put it over your nose, it makes a difference. That You know, people who wear these underneath their nose, like there's some, you know, <laughs> some, some, you know, half-baked bank robber, you know, that doesn't work. You know, you're, you inhale, through your, you inhale and exhale through your nose. So we're trying to yeah. do three things. Well, first of all, we're trying to protect the people around you in case you're one of the 40% of people to 60% of people who have asymptomatic infection and don't know it. The second thing we're trying to do is to protect you. And the third thing we're trying to do is if, if you get infected, that you'll get infected at a lower dose and are less likely to develop severe symptoms. So that's the three for here. Okay. Doctor, a quick question. Um, one study that I thought was pretty interesting on the mass thing was about the USS Theodore Roosevelt, that outbreak. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it, it seemed to me to show two things. One, that the masks were the most effective safety precaution out of all the different options, including social distancing and all of the other things, hand washing, sanitizer, all of that. However, on the other hand, it also showed they were nowhere near universally effective. Um, is did I first of all did I get that that uh, right and secondly I think there's a problem with the media messaging on that in that they're trying to make it seem like if you wear a mask you're done and people may very well not take other safety precautions because they think the mask is the end-all be-all well uh, you know plus you're on a warship and it's you know there's social distancing is a you know is impossible yeah Um, you know you go past people in tight quarters and tight corridors it's you know there's no way there's no way. And the other thing is that the masks they're using are, are plenty uncomfortable. And, you know, I think people took them off quite a bit. There's a, some new technology that's being um, sort of bandied about right now that I've seen for much more wearable masks that people can wear for longer periods of time. And actually have things like straw holes through them so you can drink and not have to take it off when you're on, like, flight deck operations. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, you asked me earlier about N95s. N95s are great. Um, as long as you have one that does not have an exhaust valve on it. If you have an exhaust valve on it, which are these little kind of valves on the side or in the front, those um, basically uh, let out unfiltered air. So while you've protected yourself, if you're one of the people who's asymptomatically infected, you're not protecting anyone else. So if you're getting N95s, two things. One is make sure you get one without a valve. Uh, And the second thing is, um, if you're really serious about it, it needs to be fit tested. And by fit testing, um, you know, somebody holds up some noxious smelling chemical and you can't smell it. That's that's what fit testing consists of. And if you have a beard or, you know, that sort of, you know, oh, so Mm -hmm. elegant Miami Vice stubble, 
um, you're not going to be able to, your mask isn't going to fit tightly enough to really uh, to provide that much higher level of protection. In general, we reserve N95s for uh, hospital ICU, emergency department, EMT, police, those kinds of situations. Uh, one more really dumb one for me, doctor. Uh, they they say all the time, um, you know, because the masks, they, they show these videos online where you're just speaking normally and there's all sorts of droplets you have no idea that are going out, which is really disgusting. And then they show the masks is a much is a very effective form of source control, right? You're not spitting these droplets out as you speak all the time. What they never talk about, though, is you know, what if I go to the grocery store and aren't constantly running my mouth to every single person I pass by? Uh, like I, 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 my wife does that all the time. I go into the grocery store and I pick the things up and I go in line. If you're not speaking, are you, are you in an, as far as a source control situation, are you in a danger of spreading all sorts of droplets if all you're doing is breathing through your mouth? Yes, but less so. I mean, think what your breath looks like in the wintertime when you're outdoors, mm-hmm. right? That, that's what we're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I don't talk to anybody in the grocery store. No, I just, I just. <laughs> go for the I, uh, if you if you talk and there's only one gallon of the ice cream that you like, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. gone. So yeah, it may be gone. Hey, uh, doctor, I know this has been uh, kind of a scary uh, uh, venture for you, and I hope that it uh, has proven to be the exact opposite of what you were afraid of. I, we have to stop. Uh, making everything into a religion uh, and just talk science and have honest questions and 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 not try to win just try to find out what the truth is and i appreciate you coming on thank you so much my pleasure you bet so let me go to uh one more one more doctor and that is uh dr carlin borisenko she's an organizational psychologist she's you know a forbes contributor etc etc she's now uh part of our uh our our circle of friends and i ask her to look into because i think Stu, weren't both doctors pretty much saying the same thing it was, yeah closer than you would have thought i mean they definitely had some yeah, i think I disagreement mean, on, on on certain things but generally speaking they're saying yeah. they're somewhat effective uh but you still you know they're not universally effective yeah, exactly right so so carlin where is this i'm going to spray you with pepper spray if you're not wearing one outside where is this coming from Well, I think, you know, first to take a step back, I want to do a disclaimer and say, I am not a medical doctor. I am not speaking on the effectiveness of masks. But one of the things that has been very worrisome for me about the whole mask thing, and I said this was going to happen back in March, is it's it's dehumanizing to people. We're, we're literally stop. We're not seeing each other as human beings when we're in this pro-mask versus anti-mask debate. Now, in some respects, that makes sense because the way our brain evolved, our survival mechanism, whether or not we're afraid that we're going to die, is the number one thing that we will make decisions on. And if we are afraid that we're going to die or be put in some sort of danger, that's going to kick off our fight or flight mechanism, which essentially is, you know, either you're going to fight the situation aggressively which is what we see when we're seeing people pepper spray one another out in public when they could just easily socially distance, walk around, you know, separate themselves from mm-hmm. the people not wearing masks. Instead, they're fighting it 
aggressively, which is the fight uh, mechanism of that. The other option is, of course, to run away in the other direction to flee from what you think is going to attack you. But, you know, what is striking about this for me, Glenn, because the last time I spoke with you, we talked about, you know, white fragility and all of that. And one of the things that I actually think is so interesting about um, what's going on with the masks, it is actually mirrors what they talk about in white fragility, which is if someone is saying that I don't feel comfortable wearing a mask for whatever reason, whether it's simply an emotional thing or it's actually a medical reason that they don't want to wear a mask that is an individual decision whereas you know what what they argue in white fragility is that individualism is bad white people are in, act as individuals and that's somehow bad and I, I almost feel as though it's become so politicized because the two issues have become incredibly conflated if you look at how people are speaking about these online you're going to see that People who are pro-mask usually tend to be more on the left. People who are anti-mask tend to be, though not exclusively, more on the right. And and I think that it's really, it's kind of like this perfect storm of nonsense that has descended onto the issue of mass. Whereas what, what we could be doing is exactly what you just t- did, have a medical discussion where you're hearing from both sides about the effectiveness of it and approach the situation much more calmly than it's being approached right now. Yeah, it's everything is this uh, this idea that the science is settled. And if you don't agree with it, you're somehow or another an enemy of all mankind. The science clearly is not settled. The science seems to be leaning uh, in the direction that a mask is better than nothing. But I don't think anybody is taking into account the effects that the media has had on politicizing absolutely everything uh, by blaming everybody who is has ever voted a Republican uh, into office as a bad guy and And everybody like Cuomo, who is a Democrat, is a savior. Uh, Neither one of those is true. They have told us different things. The science continues to change on this. And for the very first time, we are expected to not respond or not have an opinion. And I think that is the symbol. The mask is the symbol of that feeling of powerlessness that... (laughs) That that I've got a virtue signal when you don't know what the hell you're even talking about, because I think most people would wear the mask um, and they'd just be fine with it. You know, if they can do their part, some won't. I get it. Um, But if it wasn't for this politicization of all of this, if it wasn't that um, you are somehow or another a horrible human being, it becomes almost a badge of honor to not wear the mask just as much on the left as it does to wear the mask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And another part of this, too, is that there are legitimate medical reasons why people might not want to wear a mask, whether that has to do with a medical condition where they may struggle to breathe in it or a psychological condition, like if they struggle from depression or anxiety or claustrophobia, there could be absolute reasons why a mask is not the best choice. And, you know, in, in a civilized society, we would say, well, if you can wear a mask, you should, because there are people who can't. But that's not what's happening. We're seeing people who have very legitimate reasons. And by the way, 
organizations, stores, businesses, they are not allowed to ask what the medical reasons are. That's your private information. And we're seeing these people be turned away or shunned. I mean, I look at the case that happened to Brandon Strzok from the walkaway campaign probably about a month ago is he got kicked off an American airline flight for not wearing a mask and uh, it created this whole hullabaloo. And I actually talked to him later in the day and he said, Carlin, they didn't even ask me if I had any sort of medical condition. So we've reached the point where the benefit of the doubt is just not given at all in these scenarios. And instantly the person who is not wearing the mask is demonized. Yeah. Carlin, thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk again. Uh, Carlin Borisenko uh, and um, and uh, uh, what she has to say, I think, is is so very valuable. Um, I know Pat doesn't wear a mask. And the reason why Pat doesn't wear a mask is because he has severe claustrophobia, severe claustrophobia. He can't do it. The dude he doesn't even wear, wear socks. He wear yeah, socks. he doesn't. I mean, jeez. He I doesn't wear socks. He hates wearing <laughs> shoes. He can't wear a watch. He is claustrophobic, like to the extreme. So what happens to him? Does he just get pepper sprayed? All right. Uh, a lot of people have been doing the smart thing and refinancing their mortgages. In fact, refis are up 122% from last year. People are realizing that refinancing during a period of extremely low interest rates can save them hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a month. And as crazy as the world is right now, that extra money could be the difference between hard times and being able to weather the storm. If you're a homeowner, please look into refinancing your mortgage, especially if you're paying 4% or more in interest and American financing is the place you want to do it. So here's the thing. The line is stretching out the door. It's only getting longer at the moment. And the sooner you step into that line, the sooner you'll get to the front. Things uh, aren't like they were a year ago when you can get a refi at the drop of a hat. The longer you wait, the further you are from start uh, from saving money, diligence, patience, and a call to American financing. That's what you need right now. Call American financing at 800 906 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Oh my gosh, look at this. This is amazing. Uh, William Barr is about to testify. Uh, We stations are going to be covering his opening statements. Uh, Yesterday, Fox News broke the story of his uh, his opening of his uh, testimony. Yet I I look I just searched on Google for uh, William Barr testimony. And uh, let's see, I've got. I've got NPR, uh, I've got CNN, The Hill, ABC News, NPR, New York Times, New York Times, New York Post, PBS, Business Insider, Page Two, YouTube, Slate, The Hill, The Hill, Time, Washington Post, ABC New York 7, Politico, CBS News, Page 3, ABC, Washington Examiner, that's the first one that's been a conservative, uh, NBC News, The Daily Beast, CNBC, USA, to, uh, USA 9, Roll Call, Axios, Yahoo, VOA News, still no Fox News report, Fact Check, Chicago Tribune, ESPN, C-SPAN, Newsweek, Detroit News, KBTX, 
New York Fox 5, WFT, uh, uh, WUFT, WMCA Action News 5. I mean, we are down to local news. I am on page 5. Still nothing from Fox News. Page 6. Still nothing from Fox News. This is unbelievable. There it is. Page, the end of page six. (laughs) Wow. And it's a story that's four days old. Uh, Wow. It's interesting trying to get your news uh, today, especially I thought these search engines were supposed to get to know you and provide the things that you were looking for. How does it mistake me as not wanting something from a conservative point of view? How's that possible? Well, we're going to give it to you. Straight straight scoop. You'll be able to hear it live as uh, William Barr testifies, you know, because they're they're trying to impeach him. But uh, apparently he's going to blow the doors off. Glenn Beck program. Whether you're working from home or working on fitness, it doesn't matter. You want to listen to what you want to listen to and not what your kids are listening to or somebody else is listening to. And right now is the perfect time to get a pair of premium wireless earbuds. Raycon, the way to go. Raycons start at about half the price of... Let's be honest, the Apple. I mean, they just gouge your eyes out. They sound amazing. Raycons every day. E25 earbuds are the best model yet. You get six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, and more bass and more compact design that gives you a comfortable noise-isolating fit. Perfect for conference calls, video chats, or just uh, listening to podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Raycon, co-founded by Ray J. I just got my first pair. They are awesome. Really comfortable. They'll fit in your ears. The sound is perfect. Get 15% 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Beck. That's buyraycon.com slash Beck for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sponsor this half hour is realestateagentsitrust.com. If you are entering the real estate market as either a buyer or a seller, it can really feel like you're rolling the dice and hoping against hope to hit a seven. Uh, that's a uh, craps reference in case you did not know that because you're probably too good a person to be gambling, aren't you? Uh, but in a way, you kind of are gambling with real estate agents. You no guarantee that the housing market is going to stay stable. Uh, in fact, it really looks like house values are headed for potentially a plunge. Who knows? Either that or they could be triple by tomorrow. Who knows at this point? I think it's important, though, to make sure that your real estate agent is someone that you can actually trust. Glenn started a group a few years ago called realestateagentsitrust.com, and it was designed as a free service where you can connect with an agent and someone who's been screened, someone who is one of the top agents in their area. It's really important. It's something that you don't think about. Uh, You you might think about, well, how do I get a good lawyer if you have a a law issue? A lot of people don't think about, how do I get a good real estate agent? Well, here's how you do it. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name kind of says it all. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Got about uh, 10 seconds here before the radio show. We have this bar situation going on. We're going to follow that closely as well. Back in just a second. Of entertainment and enlightenment. This is 
We have to get Jason on. All right. Thank you so much. We are going to go to Capitol Hill in just a second. Uh, Jerry Nadler has brought William Barr in front of the uh, House committee. They're thinking about impeaching Barr now. Uh, Barr apparently has some explosive things he's going to be... uh, He's going to be revealing here in just a few minutes or giving a preview to. We'll give you that and so much more this hour, including something that has been entirely banned from the Internet. Everyone has taken it down. We don't believe in the suppression of free speech. So today we have everything that has been taken down and we are putting it behind the paywall so you can see it for yourself and you can decide about masks and hydroxychloroquine and everything else we will get into that as well all this hour we begin in 60 seconds the glenn beck program So Kurt wrote in, he said, I love shave secret. I can shave quickly and easily with no cuts. I'm not going to use anything else ever again. Uh, Shave secret is the best shave ever. It's an essential oil that comes in a very small bottle. Once you, once you shave with it, you throw a couple of drops of shaving product on your uh, on your hands uh, and shave secret into a wet palm and you massage it into your face. That's it. You shave away, eliminates all the shaving Im- uh, irritations in most people. It feels great on your skin. It smells amazing and it will replace all of the ridiculous foams and gels and the now with 12 blades. You don't need any of that. You need Shave Secret for the closest shave ever. 100% natural, easy to use, compact, great for travel, 100% made in the USA, and it's backed by a 100% money-back guarantee, so don't miss out. Get it today. Shave Secret available regionally at HEB, Wegmans, Walmart, and Amazon, or you can go to shavesecret.com. If you use the promo code BECK, you're going to get a 10% discount at shavesecret.com. Go there now. All right, we need to get Jason on, uh, and we're going to... Jason, I want you to really pay attention to uh, Barr and tell us what's important. If I miss anything, uh, William Barr is going to be uh, testifying here shortly. Can we bring up the audio so just so we hear it uh, in the background? He is... He's being... Exactly right, but we're not going to be held... He's uh, being brought uh, in uh, because of the investigation that he is doing. Um, They now say he has absolutely no credibility and he's just a pawn or a puppet for uh, Donald Trump. This this has been delayed because Jerry Nadler had an accident on the way in. Uh, Nobody was hurt. He wasn't driving. uh, So uh, they had to delay it. Uh, But here's a guy, uh, the head of the committee that that says that that uh, Antifa or Antifa is a hoax is not even real talking to William Barr. Uh, He's about to start here in a second. Jason, any thoughts going in on what we should be watching for? I think the Democrats are going to come out pretty strong on criticizing Operation Legend. Um, That's the uh, operation that uh, the Trump administration was using to uh, to employ federal law enforcement into some of these uh, cities like uh, Portland, uh, Seattle, places like that, where it's just out of control and the Democrats refuse to act. 
Um, they're going to criticize him on that. Their argument is going to be that it's just a political stunt uh, for Donald Trump's campaign. And you'll you'll see this theme go throughout the entire time while the Democrats are talking because they want to to paint Barr as a political operative in the attorney general's um, you know position. That everything he's doing is political, I, which is I have never seen such theater in my life. Okay, here he goes, Jerry Nadler. Recesses of the committee at any time. We welcome we welcome everyone to this morning's hearing on oversight of the Department of Justice. I apologize for beginning the hearing late. As many of you know, I was in a minor car accident on the way in this morning. Everyone is fine, except perhaps the car but it did cause a significant delay. I thank the Attorney General and the members for their patience and their flexibility, and uh, we will now begin. But before we begin, I want to acknowledge, uh, I want to note that we are joined this morning by the distinguished majority leader, the gentleman from Maryland, Mr. Hoyer. Leader Hoyer has long recognized the need for very vigorous congressional oversight of the, of the executive branch under both parties. And we appreciate his presence today as we question the Attorney General. Before we begin, I would like to remind members that we have established an email address and distribution list dedicated to circulating exhibits, motions, or other written materials that members might want to offer as part of our hearing today. If you would like to submit materials, please send them to the email address that has been previously distributed to your offices, and we will circulate the materials to members and staff as quickly as we can. I would also remind all members that guidance from the Office of Attending Physician states that face coverings are required for all meetings in an enclosed space, such as this committee hearing. I expect all members on both sides of the aisle to wear a mask, except when you are speaking. I will now recognize myself for an opening statement. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Mr. Barr. According to the Congressional Research Service, this is the first time you have appeared before the House Judiciary Committee both during your first tenure as Attorney General 30 years ago and during your current service in the Trump administration. Welcome. 150 years ago last month, in the aftermath of the Civil War, Congress created the Department of Justice. We did so with two missions in mind. First, we wanted to replace a system of party spoils with a core of professional government attorneys. Yes, these attorneys would be supervised by the Attorney General, and yes, the Attorney General would remain a political appointee, but at its heart, the Department would rely on a foundation of professionals dedicated to the impartial administration of the law and an unbiased system of justice. Second, you mean like Eric Holder. Congress established oh, the Department of Justice to enforce <laughs> the nation's first civil rights laws after the mm. Civil War. From that moment on, it became okay. the department. Uh, you know, I'm going to break because we can hear him talk all day long. We've already heard it. He's on CNN. He has uh, room to uh, to chat. Uh, I'm going to do a commercial here because I don't want to interrupt Bob Barr if um, uh, if if we uh, if we don't have to. Um, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor. It is Goldline. If you are not paying attention to what is happening to gold and the dollar right now, the dollar took another hit. Gold is up over $2,000 now. Silver has doubled in price. I think it's $25 an ounce now for silver. If you can't afford gold, try silver. Um, but this is the beginning of the windup. 
for a really, really dangerous period for our country. And I told you in hour number one about the reset that the World Economic Forum is talking about. And they're talking about resetting capitalism uh, so we don't really have stock and uh, stockholders, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it is a it's a it's a power grab. And the way they're going to be able to do it is they are collapsing the dollar. And then we'll all be so desperate that we'll run to the global uh, cure. Goldline, please find out if having some gold or silver is right for you. Please call them right now. Any of the orders, they have the exclusive $5 Liberty coins that are back. I just purchased some of those about two months ago. With any order, you will also receive a free gift of five silver Mind Your Business bars. That's what our coins used to say on them, Mind Your mind your Business. Just tell them Glenn told you to call. Uh, find out all of your information now. You don't have to make a decision today. Just start looking for the information. Get five free your mind uh, uh business uh, bars with any order just call 866 goldline 866 goldline or go to goldline.com that's 866 goldline 10 seconds station id and then back to the hearing um, but, um, the state and local leaders of those cities to forcefully and unconstitutionally suppressed dissent. Second, at your direction, department officials have downplayed the effects of systemic racism. This is and Jerry Nadler. The victims of police brutality. Waiting for Attorney General Bill Barr to accountable for their actions, begin to testify. Expressed open hostility to the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. Third, in connection with the White, in coordination with the White House, the department has spread disinformation about voter fraud, failed to enforce voting rights laws, and attempted to change the census rules to flaunt the plain text of the Constitution, and even defied court orders on this subject, all in the apparent attempt Bill, to assist Bill the president's Bill is just looking now like, you've got to be kidding me. I have to the answer these? Request, the department has amplified the president's conspiracy theories. The issue here, too, is that Barr's really good. He's not like yeah. a crazy guy who's thrown out no. all sorts. He is really solid, and, and this is this is easy to him. Jerry Nadler is not a challenge to Barr. Both national security mm -mm. and the department's professional staff in the process. Fifth, again and again, you personally have interfered with ongoing criminal investigations to protect the mm. president and his allies from the consequences of their actions. When career investigators and prosecutors resisted these brazen, unprecedented actions, you replaced them with less qualified staff who appear to be singularly beholden to you. The message these actions send is clear. In this Justice Department, the president's enemies will be punished and his friends will be protected, no matter the cost, no matter the cost to liberty, no matter is this the cost not to justice. insane? Everything Finally, they always accuse people of, they do. The yeah. President's political yeah. Needs and this is a terrible strategy. If their strategy is to try to make Bob Barr the issue, that is a, 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 
uh, Bill, Bill Barr, Barr. Sorry, I was saying that. Yeah, I know, I made uh, that mistake. Uh, to make Bill Barr the issue, that is a terrible strategy. That is not a good idea. You're, you're attacking one of the most solid members of that uh, of the administration, uh, you know, and trying to make him into a political issue. He is going to be able to answer these questions. Uh, it's, a, it's a bad electoral move for them, I think. In the hands of President Trump, a Department of Justice that adopts a dangerously expansive view of executive power and demonstrates a willingness to shield him from accountability represents I think a direct especially to the liberty if they go after Black Lives Matter and Antifa and, and all of those things because the average American does believe that these things are out of control. confidence in the rule of law depends on there being an attorney general who will not allow the president to do whatever he wants with the Justice Department. William Barr's views of presidential power are so radically mistaken that he is simply the wrong man at the wrong time to be Attorney General <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> quote. They love Again, this guy. <laughs> this failure of leadership comes at great cost. This administration has twisted the Department of Justice into a shadow of its former self, capable of serving most Americans only after it has first served. But do you know uh, what the uh, first thing you get this in Google when you start ty- typing in Jerry Nadler's name? From that kind of uh, Jerry no. Nadler's pants. We have a responsibility to ensure because he wears his pants so ridiculously <laughs> high. <laughs> so high? Yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. people are interested in when they're talking about Jerry Nadler. Not what he this says, what just his pants. This hearing room today. We want to give you a chance to respond to our I'm questions. I'm not even interested in other matters. In and we hope his and pants. I'm not. That well, will do so have you ever thought about this? Because it, it, they look pants. like they're a Burmese python swallowing him from the legs first, <laughs> and they're up to like his <laughs> chest. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I now recognize the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee, the gentleman from Ohio, Mr. Jordan, for his opening statement. Spying. That one word. That's why they're after you, Mr. Attorney General. Fifteen months ago, April 10th, 2019, in a Senate hearing, you said this sentence, quote, I think spying on a political campaign is a big deal. Spying on a political campaign is a big deal. It sure is. And since that day, since that day, when you had the courage to state the truth, they attack you. They've been attacking you every since, every day, every week, for simply stating the truth that the Obama-Biden administration (laughs) spied on the Trump campaign. One year ago, New York Times headline said this, one year ago. Quote, FBI sent investigator posing as assistant to meet with Trump aide in 2016. The FBI sent a young lady who used the name Azra Turk to meet Papadopoulos in September of 2016. They sent someone pretending to be someone else to meet a person associated with the Trump campaign. You know what they call that? You know what they call that? Spying. One month later, October 2016, they used the dossier to spy on Carter Page. The salacious, unverified dossier, Jim Comey's words, not mine. They took it to the FISA court, didn't tell the courts that the Clintons paid for it, didn't tell the court that the guy who wrote the document, Christopher Steele, had already communicated to the Justice Department that he was, quote, desperate to stop Trump from getting elected. And guess what? There were 15 more lies that they told the court. 17 in total, they're outlined by the Inspector General, each and every one of them in his 400-page report. But guess what? (laughs) Chairman Nadler refuses to allow Mr. Horowitz to come here and testify and answer our questions about the 17 lies the Obama-Biden administration told to the secret court. The Obama-Biden DOJ 
opened the investigation in July. They used a secret agent lady to spy on Papadopoulos in August. They lied to the FISA court in September. And they did all this without any basis for launching the investigation to begin with. How do we know that? How do we know there was no basis? They told us. Now, they didn't want to tell us, but thanks to Rick Grinnell, who released the transcripts of their testimony, we now know there was no basis for them to start the investigation in the first place. Sally Yates, Rhodes, Samantha Power, Susan Rice. Here's what Susan Rice says. I don't recall intelligence I would consider evidence of a conspiracy. How about James Clapper? I never saw any direct evidence that the Trump campaign or someone in it was conspiring with the Russians to meddle with the election. Say that again. I never saw evidence that the Trump campaign was conspiring, and yet they investigate him. There was never a proper predicate. So why'd they do it? There was no reason to do it. Why'd they do it? They told us that too. Peter Strzok, August 2016, asked, is Trump going to win? What's his response? Remember, this is Peter Strzok. This is the guy who ran the investigation. No. No, he's not. We'll stop it. August Peter Strzok says, we'll stop Trump. September, they spy on Papadopoulos. October, they use the fake dossier to lie to the court. But guess what happens in November? Guess what happens in November? November 8th, 2016, the American people get in their way. 63 million of them, to be exact. Not er now everything changes. Now the real focus is, wow, wait a minute. We didn't stop him. He won. Now what do they have to do? They have to do the cover-up. Mm. And who do they have to go after? Who's target number one in their cover-up? The former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, the guy who's about to become national security advisor to the president of the United States, Michael Flynn. They can't have him hanging around because he'll figure it out. So they decide to go after Michael Flynn. Three-star general served our country for over three decades. And we know they went after him because they told us that too. Bill Priestep, head of counterintelligence at the FBI, the day they interview Flynn, January 24, 2017, his notes say what? What's our goal? To get Flynn to lie so we can prosecute him or to get him fired? Think about what the Obama, Biden, DOJ, what their administration did in the last month. The last month they were in power. January 4th, the agents investigating Flynn want to drop the case. Comey tells them no. January 5th, they have the now famous meeting in the Oval Office. Obama, Biden, Rice, Comey, all of them are in there. They're plotting their strategy, how they're going to get Flynn. January 6th, Comey goes up to Trump Tower briefs President-elect Trump on the dossier that they already know was false, just so they can leak it to the press and the press will write the story that they briefed the president on the dossier. And then, of course, January 24th, the day they go, set up Michael Flynn, set up Michael Flynn in his interview. Guess what else they did? Guess what else they did between Election Day and Inauguration Day? That two-month time, guess what else they did? 38 people, 49 times, unmasked Michael Flynn's name. Comey, Clapper, Brennan, Biden, seven people at the Treasury Department unmasked Michael Flynn's name, for goodness sake. And of course, Flynn resigns on February 13th. Flynn resigns on February 13th. Now the cover-up is complete. Flynn's gone. Everything's fine, they think, until May 9th, 2017, when President Trump fires Jim Comey. Now they got a problem again. The guy who was going to keep it all quiet, he's been fired. Now, how do they continue the cover-up? Real simple. Jim Comey leaks his memos with the express purpose of getting a special counsel appointed to investigate something they already know is not true. And that's exactly what happened. 
We get two years, 19 lawyers, 40 agents, 500 witnesses, 2,800 subpoenas, and a 30 million cost to the taxpayer, and they come back with nothing, absolutely nothing. And so all they got left is to attack the attorney general who had the courage to state the truth right from the get-go. The first time he testifies after he's confirmed, you guys attack him every day, every week, and now you've filed articles of impeachment against him. It's ridiculous. He had the courage to do what no one else would do at the Justice Department. Sally Yates wouldn't call it spying. Jeff Sessions wouldn't do it. Rod Rosenstein wouldn't do it. Chris Way, Ray sure as heck isn't going to do it. So, Mr. Tringer, I want to thank you for having the courage to call it what it was, spying. I want to thank you for having the courage to say we're going to get the politics out of the Department of Justice that was there in the previous administration. And maybe most importantly, and we're going to talk about this in our side on questioning, I want to thank you for defending law enforcement, for pointing out what a crazy idea this defund the police policy, whatever you want to call it is, and standing up for the rule of law. And frankly, we have a video we want to show that gets right to this point. Can we play that video, please? Okay. That is the opening uh, statement um, from Jim Jordan. I thought an excellent uh, statement. We are going to pause his testimony. It should be another three, four minutes away, but we don't want you to miss any of it. Bill Barr's testimony in front of the House who wants to impeach him. (laughs) Coming up in a second. Yeah, it still is the new normal in Washington. Is the Glenn Beck program? So I want to tell you about Jenny. She uh, she lives in Texas, and as you know, I've remarked on a, a show a few times before. We kind of make a different sort of you know people here. Uh, in Texas, they're a lot tougher. Jenny's so tough she survived being hit by a car while she was out walking about a year ago. She was injured, uh, especially in her lower back and legs, but she survived. And over the course of the past year, she had tremendous pain as she tried to get back to normal life. Fortunately, she listens to my show she heard about relief factor she tried everything she could think of and then she decided to give this a try within weeks the lower back pain began to melt away and the rest of it followed her range of motion returned she was soon as good as new jenny got her life back i got my life back you can too Jenny, thank you so much for listening, and thank you for trying it. It's Relief Factor. Go there now. 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more because it works for them. Quick Start Trial Pack is only $19.95. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-500-8384. Make sure NPR gets into the Radio Hall of Fame. Go to RadioVote.com, RadioVote.com, or I guess you could vote for Glenn Beck, too. So the House subcommittee where they are looking to impeach uh, William Barr, it's going to go nowhere. Uh, They have been listening now for the last about six minutes. They have been listening to and watching a videotape of the mostly peaceful protests around the country. Uh, And uh, let's just say they weren't peaceful. You would uh, be hard pressed to tell the difference between that and the Gaza Strip. Uh, And uh, that is intentional jerry nadler has just or is just finishing up uh introducing and swearing in now um uh attorney general william barr uh it's 
uh, you know, well, let's uh, let's take the swearing in and uh, the beginning of his testimony. The private sector. Attorney General Barr received his A.B. and M.A. from Columbia University and a J.D. from George Washington University School of Law. We welcome the Attorney General and we thank him for participating today. Now, if you would please rise, I will begin by swearing you in. Would you raise your right hand, please? Or left hand. Do you swear or affirm under penalty of perjury that the testimony you're about to give is true and correct to the best of your knowledge, information, and belief, so help you God? Let the record show the witness has answered in the affirmative. Thank you, and please be seated. Please note that your written statement will be entered into the record in its entirety. Accordingly, I ask that you summarize your testimony in five minutes. To help you stay within that time, there is a timing light on your table. When the light switches from green to Oscar yellow, you speech? have one minute to conclude your testimony. Yeah. When the light start turns the red, it signals your five minutes have expired. Mr. Barr, you may begin. Good morning, Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member Jordan. I'm pleased to be here this morning. On behalf of the Department of Justice, I want to pay my respects uh, to your colleague, Congressman John Lewis, an indomitable champion of civil rights and the rule of law. I think it is especially important to remember today that he pursued his cause passionately and successfully with unwavering commitment to nonviolence. <laughs> As I said in my confirmation hearing, the Attorney General has a unique obligation. He holds in trust the fair and impartial administration of justice. He must ensure that there is one standard of justice that applies to everyone equally and that criminal cases are handled even-handedly based on the law and the facts and with rega art re without regard to political or personal considerations. And I can tell you that I've handled criminal matters that have come to me for decision in this way. The President has not attempted to interfere in these decisions. On the contrary, he has told me from the start that he expects me to exercise my independent judgment to make whatever call I think is right, and that is precisely what I've done. Indeed, it's precisely because I feel complete freedom to do what I think is right that induced me to serve once again as Attorney General. As you just said, Mr. Chairman, I served as Attorney General under President George H.W. Bush, and after that I spent many years in the corporate world. I'm almost 70 years old. I was almost 70 years old and wow. slipping happily into retirement. I had nothing to prove and I had no desire to return to government. <laughs> I had no prior relationship with President Trump. Let me turn briefly to the several pressing issues of the day. The horrible killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis understandably jarred the whole country and forced us to reflect on long-standing issues in the nation. Those issues obviously relate to the relationship between law enforcement and the African-American community. Given our history, it's understandable that among black Americans, there's at least some ambivalence and often distrust toward the police. Until just last 50 years ago or so, our laws were and our institutions were explicitly racist explicitly discriminatory. It was not until the 60s that the civil rights movement finally succeeded in tearing down the Jim Crow edifice. Our laws finally came to formally embody the guarantee of equal protection. And since then, the work of securing civil rights has rightly focused on reforming institutions to ensure they better conform to our laws and to our aspirations. 
That work, it's important to acknowledge, has been increasingly successful. Police forces today are far more diverse than they've ever been. And there are uh, both more black police chiefs and more black officers in the ranks. Although the death of George Floyd at the hands of the police was a shocking event, the fact is that these events are fortunately quite rare. According to statistics compiled by the Washington Post, the number of unarmed black men killed by police so far this year is eight. The number of unarmed white men killed by police over the same period of time is 11. And the overall numbers of police shootings have been decreasing. Nevertheless, every instance of excessive force is unacceptable and must be addressed appropriately through legal process, as is happening now in Minneapolis. But apart from the numbers, I think these events strike a deep chord in the black community because they are perceived as manifestations of a deeper, lingering concern that in encounters with police, blacks will not be treated even-handedly. They will not be given the benefit of the doubt. They will be treated with greater suspicion. Senator Tim Scott has recounted the numerous times he's been unjustifiably pulled over on Capitol Hill. And as one prominent black professional in Washington said to me, African-Americans often feel treated as suspects first and citizens second. And I think these concerns are legitimate. At the same time, I think it would be an oversimplification to treat the problem as rooted in some deep-seated racism generally infecting our police departments. It seems far more likely that the problem stems from a complex mix of factors which can be addressed with focused attention over time. And we in law enforcement must be conscious of the concerns and ensure that we do not have two systems of justice. Unfortunately, some have chosen to respond to George Floyd's death in a far less pr productive way by demonizing the police, promoting slogans like all cops are bastard, and making grossly irresponsible uh, proposals to defund the police. The demonization of the police is not only unfair and inconsistent with principles of all people should be treated as individuals, but gravely injurious to mm. uh, the inner city communities. When communities turn on and pillory the police, officers naturally become more risk-averse and crime rates soar. Unfortunately, we are seeing that now in many of our cities. The threat to black lives posed by crime on the streets is massively greater than any threat posed by police misconduct. The leading cause of death for young black males is homicide. Every year, approximately 7,500 black Americans are victims of homicide. The, mass, the vast majority of them, around 90%, are killed by other blacks, mainly by gunfire. Each of those lives matter. It is for this reason that in selected cities where there has been an upsurge in violent crime, we are stepping up and bolstering the activities of our joint anti-crime task forces. <laughs> Finally, I want to address a different breakdown in the rule of law that we've witnessed over the past two months. In the wake of George Floyd's death, violent rioters and anarchists have hijacked legitimate protests to wreak senseless havoc and destruction on innocent victims. The current situation in Portland is a telling example. Every night for the past two months, a mob of hundreds of rioters have laid siege to the federal courthouse and other nearby federal property. The rioters have come equipped for fight armed with powerful slingshots, tasers, sledgehammers, saws, knives, rifles, and explosive devices. 
inside the courthouse are a relatively small number of federal law enforcement personnel charged with the defensive mission to protect the courthouse. What unfolds nightly around the courthouse cannot reasonably be called protest. It is, by any objective measure, an assault on the government of the United States. As elected officials of the federal government, every member of this committee, regardless of your political views or your feelings about the Trump administration, should condemn violence against federal officers and the destruction of federal property. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, and I appreciate your uh, listing for me the areas of concern uh, in your opening statement, and I'm looking forward to addressing them all. Mm. So, Thank you for your testimony. Um, he is now going to go through the questions. I think a long form uh, view of this, which uh, if Jason is still on anything surprising there or any big bombshells there, I don't think. Uh, do you, Jason? No, no, no. I, I just yeah. think that and going off of what Stu said earlier about this is it's dumb for them to attack them. And I think that shows how desperate they truly are. They're at the bottom of the barrel because they are absolutely terrified. They're terrified of what's yeah. about to come out. First the coup, then the cover-up. And Jim Jordan, I was like, I was, I was up in my chair at that moment just cheering him on because everything he laid out is exactly why Barr is sitting in that chair right now. They cannot yes. let this Yes, come it out. is. Yeah, it is. Um, and we'll see if it uh, does come out. It, it, it has to come out at this point, but we'll see uh, how it does. I doubt it will all of it today, but some of it may spill out and we'll have a digest of this uh, on tomorrow's radio program. And don't forget, uh, there's a couple of things. Um, silence equals death. But now they're silencing people for all kinds of reasons. Yesterday, there was a group of, uh, of doctors uh, America's frontline doctors that went on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and they made a viral video and it has been completely scrubbed. I haven't even seen the video. I tried to watch it this morning and it was gone. Um, I don't know if, you know, I agree with, uh, with it or not. I don't like the fact that videos are being scrubbed. And they have scrubbed this one. You can't find it anywhere. We have reached out and we have gotten the video and we have it now behind the paywall at Blaze TV. We have one of the doctors is going to be on our program tomorrow night on Wednesday, um, which is all about how media attacking Trump has put our children into danger. It is a special deadly lies. Uh, and one of those doctors that has been silenced everywhere is going to be joining us tomorrow night you don't want to miss it only on blaze tv if you are a subscriber you can watch that i think it's already up if not it'll be up in an hour or so um but uh you'll be able to watch that if you're not a subscriber join us go to blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code glenn g-l-e-n-n and you'll save uh, 10 percent on your first year of subscribing to blaze tv a lot going on today more in just a minute so how often have you walked through the uh, back door from off the deck and your shoulders are slumped your face is a little overcast your wife looks at you and says was it the grill again honey 
and you burst into tears and you're a lazy boy. I tried. I tried. Every time I used to cook thing, I would just black smoke would be the thing that the neighbors would go. Oh, Glenn's cooking again. Uh, There's a a bunch of reasons to get a really great grill, grill. Um, but your peace of mind, not wrecking good food uh, and not feeling just like you're a complete worthless guy in front of the grill is uh, is just a couple of them that come to mind for me. Um, the Rectech has smart grill technology. The Rectech allows you to control the cooking of your food from an app at the touch of your button. So you don't even have to leave your lazy boy chair. I mean, it's, it's very nice. Um, Rectech. Follow them on all social media. Sign up for their newsletter. Get to know the community. Ask questions. This is the best grill ever. It's Rectech. Go to RectechGrills.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-C Grills with an S dot com. RectechGrills.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. You know, this uh, this media that came out yesterday that just went viral like crazy. Uh, it, it has been completely scrubbed off the Internet. You, you can't find it anywhere. And I don't know if I agree with all the things that they say in it. I know the one doctor uh, that was was speaking out. She is, I think, a little crazy. Uh <laughs> In fact, I think she's probably a lot crazy. I, I think she 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 believes some things that are a little hard to swallow, like uh, the government's run by lizard people. Although I think you could make a case for that. That's her most scientifically um, based claim, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and what happened is this thing has been taken off of the Internet and you can't find it anywhere, which most people have not seen it. So they won't be able to judge for themselves. I think the the only speech that needs protection is the speech that we don't like. And I think, you know, the 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 one doctor, at least, kind of speaks for herself, literally, and maybe a few other maybe four other people that believe lizard people are living here. Um, But uh, well, I forgot Alex Jones. So maybe five people that that uh, agree with her on that. this is the wrong move and there are credible doctors in this group she's just not one why not leave it up and just discredit the entire bunch by just discrediting her (laughs) that's that's the only other choice it's not about just telling the truth and letting people uh, decide on their own it's just how are you going to try to destroy not in today's world right Right. not in today's (laughs) world that's what we're doing let you know let's listen to them as individuals and see if any of them have a good point and some of them really do she's just not one of them i'm just one of those people that just thinks you should have these things out there and, and pick them apart and the better idea will win over time you know, to, to act as if Twitter should should micromanage the medical information that comes out in this country is right. obviously insane. Like that's obviously yep. a terrible setup, and, and it's not Twitter's fault. They shouldn't be. Ha- they should yep. have that responsibility. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the media keeps pressuring them to do these things, and they keep uh, they keep falling for it. It's a stupid standard. 
Well, we are uh, we're letting you decide. We trust you to figure it out. Um, that's why we did our thing on masks today. Had both sides on. You have to decide. I believe in personal responsibility. But if you were listening to the beginning of this uh, show, which if you missed it, listen to the podcast wherever you get podcasts today. We showed you what the World Economic Forum is doing, and it is terrifying. They do not believe in the individual. All this and so much more will continue this tomorrow. Is the Glenn Beck Program.